Hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow on Instagram and Vicsauce on TikTok. And as you can see by the episode title, we are talking about being child-free by choice. More specifically, we're talking about my experience being child-free by choice, what that means to me, how I feel based on how people around me perceive that. And really, I'm hoping the biggest takeaway today is just better understanding someone else's point of view. Or if you are also somebody that is living a child-free by choice life, maybe this will just be a bit of relatable banter. So for a little bit of background for people, I am 27 years old and I have always known that I did not want kids. And people get really confused when I say that. They're like, oh, but you're, you know, when you're young, when you're a kid, how do you know? Let me tell you you know. But before we get into that, I want to unpack that a little further. Because I know for some people, especially if you're somebody who parenthood is a big part of your identity, it can be hard to fathom somebody that thinks a whole different way. But for me, for literally as long as I can recall, I knew that I never wanted kids. Like not a maternal bone in my body. Even when I was super young, I had no interest in playing house. My friends that wanted to, you know, play with like a little baby doll, pretend that you're mom and dad, whoever. No, not interesting. No, thank you. I wanted to play with my stuffed animals and my Tamagotchis. It seems like kind of an odd thing as a very young child to know, but even talking to my parents, I would always say like, I literally never want kids. You guys are crazy for having me. It's just always been something I couldn't wrap my head around. I had zero interest in. It was one of those things where I knew I wasn't going to change my mind on it. It's one of the very patronizing things about not wanting kids, regardless of what age you are, is the amount of people saying, well, you might change your mind one day. What really grinds my gears is when they say, oh, well, you just have to wait till you meet the right person. It's such a weird thing to pressure people who know that they don't want kids into having kids. Because to me, that is obvious that that would make a really poor parent. We should want the people who want to have kids to have the kids. Anyways, getting ahead of myself. So I'm going to preface this by saying nobody owes anyone an explanation for any reason on why they don't want kids. As somebody that puts themselves out there online, I felt comfortable to share my thoughts and feelings on this. Once again, just reiterating that this is just my personal experience. Y'all are all entitled to your own thoughts and feelings, perspectives, opinions, but being in your 20s, it's such a weird time where, like we talked about last episode in cultivating adult friendships, some people are having babies, getting married, getting engaged, or at least thinking about having kids. It's to an age where people start to ask you if you're going to be getting married, if you're going to be having kids. It's just weird to be on a very different wavelength from everybody else. And in this world where there's so much pressure to have kids, that's exactly why I want, I want to talk about why I don't want to have kids. <laughs> but let's start out by talking about the weird toxic culture around being child-free by choice. Now, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're very like-minded to me. And if someone were to say that they don't want kids, you wouldn't even think twice about it. And just understand that that's somebody else's perspective, their wishes, their life, their goals. But for some people, specifically parents who are very maybe regretful or bitter, if you will, about their current position, deflect really hard. They're like, how could you not want this? How can you be so selfish? While they're also the same parents that are posting motherhood memes, so not remembering the last time that they got any sleep, posting videos of their child's meltdowns, and typically the wine moms as well, which is a whole other toxic culture in itself. It is so odd how some people get so deeply offended and take it so personally when you say that you don't want kids, or I'm also somebody that just doesn't like kids. And that's okay. It's so funny. Like when you tell people that they act like you just said that you don't like pizza as if it's a wild concept that you don't want to do this irreversible, incredibly difficult, expensive thing for the rest of your life. That's just it is the permanency of 
having kids. Now, Western culture and the rest of the world varies vastly on that topic. Something I've noticed that in like Canada and America, a lot of people expect their kids to be out of the house at 18 and they're like, well, you're somebody else's problem now. If you get married, <laughs> I'm biting my tongue hard here on a prior experience. But parents that say, oh, there's no returns, no take backs, they're your problem now. First of all, how much do you deeply dislike your child. How unsupportive could you get? It's so different than that of the vast majority of the rest of the world. Family being Eastern European, multi-generational households are very, very normal. Your parents are there to support you until the day one of you dies. To me, that's what parenthood is. It is a lifelong commitment. Almost like sometimes in Western culture, people have kids just because they think it's like the thing that they're supposed to do, when really it's a much bigger decision than that. So funny too, like as somebody that is heavily tattooed, it's so funny when people say to me, they can never get a tattoo because they don't know what they'd want for the rest of their lives. Those people are also pressuring couples to have kids right after getting married and that is just something that's so normalized in our culture. It's fucking weird. I mean, like I said, everyone's perspective is different. That's just an analogy I use as somebody who spent a lot of money on tattoos. People can't wrap their head around that, but I'm like, oh, you know what else is super expensive? painful, very permanent. <laughs> a lot of people are more okay with the pain and permanency of having something in their life, just in a very different form. Anyways, I feel like that is the little negativity bubble that I wanted to preface this conversation with and lead into it. And now I want to focus more on the beauty and the brilliance of modern ability to mindfully choose to not have kids. I feel like we are in the first generation where it is normalized and acceptable to truly figure out if we are fit to be parents. Asking ourselves, am I capable and willing to take on the responsibility of having a child? Do I personally really want to be a parent? Most importantly, and this is one that some people get heated about, could I provide a child the environment needed to have a life that I would be proud to give them? That is a very important one. It's interesting how people often say that people that are child-free by choice are quote-unquote selfish, which I don't fully even understand where that's coming from. In my opinion, it is far more selfish to bring another life into this world because you're asking yourself, well, who's going to take care of me when I'm older? And as many of you listening probably know, blood does not guarantee a relationship. I don't want to spill too much of my personal family tea and drama here. But a little example of that, my parents are divorced. They divorced pretty much when I was born. My biological dad and his mom did not have a good relationship. He stopped seeing her for the most part and communicating with her as long as I can remember. Like I said, my parents divorced 27 years ago. Up until my dad's mom passed away, my mom was the one that ended up taking care of her. My parents did not really have much of an amicable divorce, as little communication as possible kind of thing. And y'all know, if you've listened before, my mom is like my biggest idol. I think she's the best person in the world. And she was the one that in her heart to take care of his mom as she got older, transition her into a retirement home, into a nursing home, arrange the funeral. Not everybody is going to have a Mary in their lives. If you don't have a good relationship with your child in the future, there's no guarantee that they're going to be there to take care of you anyways. That is not a good enough reason to have a child. <laughs> Bringing that back around is so cool that we are that generation where we're thinking more about providing a family a good life. That's not to say like being rich, 
providing them materialistic things, I mean like a mental well-being standpoint. So many people are just choosing to break generational trauma. Yes, you can totally do this while having kids as well, and I see a lot of this on the internet, but again, for the sake of the focus of this podcast, we are talking about this from the perspective of being child-free by choice. But I want to bring awareness to that maturity and selflessness, recognizing that you have so much childhood generational healing to do yourself that you wouldn't want to put a child through that with you. Part of this is definitely why as well, not just people that are choosing to not have kids, but why the average maternal age is pushing older. People aren't having children anymore at 19 or 20, majority wise. I can't remember. I think the average age is between 30 and 35 to be having children now. And of course, with the beauties of science, people are able to have children safely up into their 40s. I think a big part of that is just A, parents being able to be more independent to live their life and be at a stable point before bringing children into the picture, be also just not having that pressure as much from society as a whole to reproduce. There's more focus put on mental health awareness and healing yourself first. This is turning out to be a difficult podcast to record because I just don't want anyone to take anything the wrong way. So I feel like I need to keep reiterating. This is my perspective and some of my thoughts. Obviously, a lot of people have children not always planned, not always on purpose, when they're in various wellness stages. That's another topic that I'm not talking about right now. Doesn't mean you're a bad parent. I'm just talking about those that choose to have the privilege, I suppose, to choose to not have children because they want to put themselves first. I always joke about this with my other friends who either don't plan on having kids, don't plan on having kids yet. We're like, man, we can barely take care of ourselves. How the heck are we expected to take care of another living being? So for me, the uncertainty of the future plays a really big role in why I'm child-free by choice. It doesn't help that since I was very young, I've been involved in a lot of environmental activism. From like a literal physical world standpoint, things feel bleaker to me. There's things that you know that you simply can't unknow. <laughs> From a more realistic and shorter term point of view as well. I just don't see a secure enough future for me, let alone me and someone else. Here in Canada, at least, housing is a really, really big problem. Not only can nobody afford to buy houses as young people, people can barely afford to rent. I have friends who are experiencing homelessness, living in tents in people's backyards right now. And these are people with educational backgrounds, not struggling with addiction, people that come from a place of privilege and I just emphasize that to say that anybody who is having more of a struggle than that, you can imagine, is in even a tougher position. Not seeing that security of housing, which should be a basic human right for me in my future, I cannot morally or ethically bring another human into that. And to kind of go on the other side of things again, I think that that switch in Western society is going to be coming sooner than later with, like I was saying earlier, multi-generational households, or just building multiple houses on one property. Because otherwise, your children are not going to have anywhere to go. Even now, people that are graduating high school and starting into college right now, it's the norm is no longer getting a house with a bunch of roommates to live in and have fun while you're in college. Nobody can afford that. In my city, anyhow, which is very much a student city, there's a big university, a big well-known college. On average, it is like... 750 for is cheap just to rent a bedroom. That's not an apartment, that's a bedroom. Average, I'm more so seeing 800 to 900 for a bedroom, which is bananas. A two bedroom apartment that is not new, not bougie in an old house, like no new amenity. One street over from me is listed right now, two bedroom for $2,800 a month. Plus utilities is, it is 
nuts. You get the point. I've been having these conversations with people in my lives who are a bit older and have children that soon are, you know, in high school and going to be entering that adult phase of their life. And they've already said, you know, you are welcome to stay in the home as long as you need to. They can afford rent. They're not charging their children rent. Times are changing. Needs are changing. Even myself, I've already accepted. I will never own a home unless my parents pass me down their house or my partner's parents pass them down his house. So just again, brings it around that for me, the insecurity of housing and being able to afford a basic life myself is a struggle enough. Exciting with political instability, environmental instability, I just don't see a future where I feel right. Personally, being able to take responsibility, bringing another human being into that, especially considering they'll have to survive when I'm gone one day. And I don't think enough people kind of think that far ahead and it's not something we like to think about. But if you think things are tough right now, think about how it's gonna be in another 60 years. If you were to have a child and they grow to retirement age, are they gonna be able to retire at 60? Hell no. And myself, I've accepted, I will probably never be able to afford to retire with the way that things are going in the world. You know, this feels so doom and gloom to talk about, but it's something that weighs heavily, I think, on a lot of people that are child-free by choice, that aspect of just thinking really hard about the future. Now, before we get into more reasons why I'm personally child-free by choice, we're gonna take a quick little ad break. On the topic of being child-free by choice, I wanna talk to you about a Canadian company y'all might be familiar with if you've been following for a while that I use as part of my own contraceptive plan, and that's Ovary. Ovary is a gender-neutral reproductive care company offering ovulation, fertility, and pregnancy tests for everybody and everybody. Knowing when you're in your fertile window and tracking hormonal changes like the timing of ovulation with the menstrual cycle is so empowering and helpful to use as a tool for times when you're trying to avoid pregnancy as well as if you're trying to conceive. What makes Ovary unique is that the test strips are nearly completely recyclable and use 95% less plastic than other tests you're probably accustomed to using. The tests are also conveniently sold in bulk, equaling them out to be closer to $2 a test rather than the $20 per test that you might see in single packages in the pharmacy. The love I have for this brand is truly unreal as someone using them to avoid contraception who's tired of seeing pink pregnancy test boxes with babies on the front. Ovary is woman-founded and operated and made right here in Canada. To give Ovary a try or keep their tests on hands for moments that might pop up, you can use code MEADOW10, M-E-A-D-O-W-10 for 10% off site-wide. They also have a wealth of other educational resources and information on their site, so head on over to the link in the description and give Ovary a try. If you've been listening for a little bit or following for a little bit, this brand will come as no surprise. I want to reintroduce you or introduce you if you're new to my favorite Canadian organic period care company, Joni. Joni offers pads and tampons that are gentle for both your body and the environment. With their products being free of dyes, fragrances, bleaches, and being biodegradable, they're gentle and ideal for even the most sensitive of bodies. Finally, I've been using Joni pads for three or four years now. I have a condition called lichen sclerosis that affects the tissue of my vulva, making it really painful, sensitive, comfortable, which results in conventional pads being a nightmare for me as my skin is so sensitive. Since switching to Joni, I don't have to worry about triggering a flare-up, uncomfortable rashes, or having concern about what ingredients are being absorbed by my skin. As a whole, Joni puts focus on community care by giving back 5% of all revenue toward the mission of period equity. Joni period care products are available online for customers in both Canada and the United States on their website getjoni.com. For those in Canada, they are now available across the retail shelves of many shops. And if you don't see it in your local pharmacy, request add them to bring it in. If you want to give Joni a try, you you can use code Meadow, M-E-A-D-O-W for 10% off your first order of any Joni products. Or subscribe and save 15% on every single recording order, plus free shipping over $15, no code required. Alrighty, back to the child-free by choice chat. So like I kind of alluded at earlier, on a personal matter, 
to be frank. I don't really like kids. I love doing whatever the heck I want at any time of day, at any point, without having to worry about childcare or another human being. I am so easily overstimulated by noise. I love sleep. Just honestly don't love kids and that's okay. Don't get me wrong, I like knowing that my friend's kids are doing well. But this is exactly why when we were talking about friendships in adulthood and people kind of drift apart and get on different phases of life at different times. Often when people have kids, they're really excited to talk about their kids and if they're taking a parental leave, that's their whole life. Like that's their nine to five. Except it's 24 hours because it never stops. All they really have to do is talk about their kids. Other people that are child-free, again, for whatever reason, know, like to hear about your friend's kids, but you don't want it to be all you're talking about. You wanna talk about things in your lives and as a person outside of just their kids. That's why sometimes friendships have to take a little break. If you're on just different phases of life, different paths, and don't have much to relate on anymore. And it's not to say this always happens. A lot of people have best friends that are in different phases of life. It's just a reflection on how it goes sometimes when people just have different shit going on. I am perfectly fine being the cool auntie friend or real auntie if any of my half siblings decide to have kids. I'm probably gonna be the one who lets your kids stay up past bedtime, lets them have Timbits for dinner, to just like walk away when I can't do toddler talk anymore. That's okay, it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't wanna be around kids. I need to think of it in this perspective that there's so many people when, we're, when we see kindergarten teachers, ECE, we think, wow, don't know how you do that. Being around kids all day? I have news for you, parenthood, very much the same thing. You just happen to like the kid more because it's your kid. That doesn't mean that everyone else in the world feels that way about your kid. Everyone thinks their own kid is the best, of course. Try not to take it too personally if there's people in your lives that are still more interested in you as a person than just your kid. I think that is a really big compliment because a lot of people in parenthood have trouble finding identity outside of parenthood itself. If you're being a stay-at-home parent or taking a parental leave. is another interesting point. Here in Canada, we can take 12 or 18 month maternity leave. Well, in the States are living like buck wild on six weeks, I've heard. Somebody needs to message me on Instagram and confirm or deny that because your, your body's like, if you've, you know, been the pregnant person giving birth, your body's not, not ready to go back after six weeks. That's wild to me. Even like mentally the hormonal shifts. No, 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 no. Like, are you guys okay down there? Absurd insanity. Anyways, moral of the story here is to like, it's not selfish to want different things out of life. And you can still have people in your life that you're really close with and respect that y'all just have different wants from your life. And we want the people who want kids to have the kids. Those are the people who mentally want them there. Like should go without saying. I think there's a lot of us and probably some listening where you kind of have thought before, like, did my parents really want me? And I don't want to get too personal, but I have people close to me in my life who it's, I've had really like sad conversations with who think, you know, I, I genuinely don't know if my dad wanted me or really gives a crap about me. I think because so many of us are feeling that and acknowledging it, again, going back to like healing generational trauma, that's why a lot of people are just choosing to not have kids if they can acknowledge and realize that they aren't ready or they don't really want them. Because for so long and still, there are people that are pressured into having kids by their spouse, a family member, culture, whatever it is, and they go on to regret it. So I think we should celebrate the people who want to have them for having them. And celebrate ourselves for doing whatever we want 
and being true to ourselves if we don't want kids. I want to kind of jump really quickly back to what I just said about people that have kids and then further regret them later in life. That isn't to say that you're a bad person if you have those thoughts happening. It makes you human and it makes you a real person. This isn't a thought everyone has, obviously, but I've talked to people through my work before who have said this, who are, you know, in their mid-30s to late 30s now, had kids when they're younger that have 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, say like, man, no, they're like, I love my kids, but if I had another life, I probably wouldn't choose to have them kids in general, again, just the way it shaped their life. It's not saying that they want to erase their tiny human out of their lives. And I think it takes people stepping back and being non-judgmental to listen to someone and hear them out and understand when people say that. And again, like I said, when I was younger, I would look at my parents and be like, why the heck did you have me? I often think how different their lives might have been if my mom never had me. Not in a negative way, just in a way of evaluating things. It's just a realistic standpoint to consider. It's the same way that we all consider. If you would have been born in a different country, what would your life have looked like? You wouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. Where could you have been by now? I think it's a natural thing that people with kids reflect upon of what their lives would have looked like if they didn't have kids or if they knew then what they know now, would they have decided to have children? Or not? maybe not just like in general, but would they have waited? to have had children and something differently. I think a lot of people to that would probably say yes, at least to the extent of maybe they would have done something differently. But a trend that we see often when people do get older and their kids get older is once their kids do leave home, they're then left with searching for that fulfillment in a different way. They realize that their life has to have meaning outside of just their children. I think when people get to that point in life, they can better relate to those of us that are child-free by choice and just wanting to have a different meaning to life and needing to have that fulfillment from something outside of just relationships and family. I think that is super healthy. Fulfillment comes in many, many forms. It just looks different for everybody. It's not going to be having a family, being a parent, having children for a lot of people. For the people with kids, you need to find fulfillment outside of just your children as well. You have to be your own person. That's a good example for somebody else. I think where this can be hard, again, in friendships is just from judgment and assuming. So like I was saying, my friends that have kids, I don't expect them to come to me and chat when they're having a 3 a.m. down with their baby and wanting to just throw in the towel, run away from home, have a breather. I understand that they want to talk to somebody else with that lived experience. The focus is just not taking offense and understanding one another. What really bothers me is the people that don't think that you can find that fulfillment outside of children. And I have awesome people in my life. These things that I'm saying aren't things that I'm actively facing because as you get older, you learn who you want to surround yourself with. What are the people that don't serve a healthy purpose? You're left with people who get it and get you. Obviously, I do have friends with children, believe it or not. <laughs> this episode is very anti-children sounding, but again, it's just because the sole focus of this podcast, which is what podcasting is, is talking about being child-free by choice. But I do have friends with kids. I have attended births before. If you don't know, I'm actually a childbirth educator. In my day job, I specialize in infant care. I don't want kids of my own, and I don't want to work as a kindergarten teacher, but it doesn't make me a baby hater. Anyways, I've talked to my friends with kids, and they have literally told me before that I loved Boo, who was my greyhound. You can't not know him at this point because I bring it up every episode. It's been like three months since he passed away, which I might do a whole episode reflecting on how that is going soon. But anyways, they have said and recognized, especially after Boo passed away, that I truly loved Boo as much, if not more, than some of my friends love their own kids and people that aren't 
for parents listening probably think that that's insane to say. Again, fulfillment comes in many different ways. And if you have had a special soul connection with an animal before, you totally understand what I mean. I would have jumped in front of a train for Boo. Genuinely, not just saying that. In those moments, that's how we bridge that gap and reconnect again by understanding that one another finds that fulfillment in different ways, makes those connections in different ways in life. And experiences like that have really helped me better understand my friends that do have kids. Of course, I can't even imagine the level of certain moments of how that feels, like after they push an eight pound baby out of their hoo-ha, have like a physical, hormonal big shift in response to that. On different levels, I can relate better to them. They can better understand me. As long as you're open to receiving somebody else's experience. And that's all that friendships really are, is being open to understanding other people's feelings, thoughts, lived experience. The people that don't get that and why some friendships fall apart is often people deflecting their own unhappiness onto those that they might be maybe envious of sometimes is one way to put it. And that's going back to those moms that I talked about that are like the wine moms that are like, I need to be drunk on my wine every night to manage being a parent. Unfortunately means you probably have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Those same people that feel deeply unhappy with their lives are often the ones deflecting that unhappiness onto you saying, don't you want this? Why don't you want this? Why don't you want your life to look like this while they are screaming, struggling, needing help? oftentimes those are the people that just want to feel seen. I take a big perspective from life now in not taking things too personally, trying to better understand where people are coming from when they say things. Often when those people come into my lives, I acknowledge them and I say, yeah, you know what? That must be really hard. You must be going through a lot right now. Sure, it'll get easier for you one day, but your shit, my shit, two very different things. We don't have to be on the same wavelength. And no, I don't want that. And don't get me wrong, the vast majority of people in my life respect my choice to not have kids. That small percentage, and usually weirdly enough, it's more strangers, like people that I meet at work, clients, etc., who say the things like, mm, well, maybe one day you might change your mind because it feels like they're questioning my character and integrity. Like they don't trust my sense of self and they think they know me better than I know me. It's, it's just weird to assume and project feelings onto people of something that's such a huge decision. You're not that person. This is especially interesting, and I didn't make notes on this, but I do wanna talk about this. As an adult, when you're dating, and if you're wanting kids, if you're not wanting kids, I've seen videos come up on TikTok and Instagram before of people with talking with financial advisors, with therapists, whatever it might be, where suddenly they're married and they are falling apart because they realize one of them wants kids and one doesn't. For me personally, again, as somebody who has always known that I do not want to have children. That is like first date conversation because I know just as much as I'm sure about not wanting kids, so many people are sure about wanting kids and the people where they could sway either way are the ones that make me nervous because it's scary if someone might change their mind one day if you're the person that's really sure one way or another. I've always wanted and needed to be with people who are also sure in what they want with a family in the future. That's a really big deal. With my current partner, I remember talking about this early on when we weren't, we weren't dating yet. We've known each other for a long time, but when we were friends to know each other a little bit better, as you know, friendships ebb and flow throughout life. And I remember saying like, no, I'm super firm in knowing that I don't ever want kids and can't even consider dating somebody who's 
on the fence or that does want kids because I know and I stand firm that I'm not willing to change my mind. That's not something that I want out of life. And I remember him saying like, same, like very much same. He was very much on the same page and he is still to this day. It's been interesting in this relationship because again, my parents have always known that I don't want kids. I've been very vocal about that before. I've been married before. These things have been a reality that I have lived thought about, discussed with many people in my lives. My partner isn't as close with his family. And when I first met his dad and stepmom, it was something that we briefly touched on. And I don't know if I brought it up because I'm super confident in my decision and comfortable talking about that. Or if he did, it actually might've been because we had Boo with us like at the time we visited and they're not pet people. Like they do not understand at all why we baby our dog the way we do, why the, we were the way that we were. I think Nick had said something like, well, he's like literally our kid. Like we're not ever having kids. So like, this is you, this is your grandpa. Be like, you get what you get. And they didn't say anything. They were completely fine by that. And his stepmom's lovely. And she was like, oh, I get it. She had had pets before. When we got home, he was like, you know, I don't think I've ever had that discussion with my dad before. I wonder how he's feeling about that. Obviously, again, having kids doesn't entitle you to grandchildren, entitle you to anything. It's just been interesting reflections to have, to see somebody else go through, which is something that I've already gone through and had these conversations with my family and people in my life. And it's so interesting because in my opinion, it's not something that you should have to be fearful about. People are often so excited when they do find out they're pregnant, if it's something that they were wanting to go tell their parents or close people in their lives and how that's such an exciting time. But it's interesting how on the flip side, if you are deciding not to have kids, so that can be something nerve wracking to talk to your family about or look down upon. Again, I think we should be empowering the people that know they don't want to have kids to live that life and stay true to themselves and empower the people who do want them to have them. You know, to a lot of you listening, this probably sounds like common sense. I'm a little nervous to put this episode out because I'm not sure what the response will be or how people will feel, but I just wanted to get my feelings and experience out there. Whether you do have kids, want kids, don't want kids, I hope that my insight has brought you some understanding or maybe some relatability. In the wise words of Sarah Silverman, the only thing I love more than kids doing anything I want at all times, which is exactly how I wanted to close out this episode. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening, joining me for this ride, this journey. I don't know how I feel about this episode yet. I hope that it gets published. I'm going to have to edit it, listen to it, make sure it's something that I feel comfortable with putting out there. One of the hardest things about being a content creator is just the nuance that comes around everything. I didn't do this disclaimer and I should have. I think I, I think I reiterated enough that this is my personal opinions and experiences, but I'm not a professional. A 27 year old divorcee I went on the internet to talk about navigating my 20s, figuring it out, how I look at life in hopes that maybe it'll bring a little bit of closeness and relatability to someone else. Can't account for every nuance out there. This isn't a scientific journal. It's not an essay. It's not a dissertation. It's just my thoughts and my feelings. And I hope that everyone can absorb that with some gentleness and understanding. I'm curious if you have thoughts on this episode, please be kind. But you can let me know on Instagram. My DMs are open there at Vic in the Meadow. Let me know as well if there's future topics that you want to hear about. Genuinely 
use them as recommendations. This week's episode of Cultivating Friendships in Adulthood was a direct recommendation from somebody. And it's funny because the day after I recorded it, someone messaged me on Instagram saying, oh, I'm loving the podcast. I'd love to hear about navigating friendships in your 20s. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. well, you're going to love this week's episode <laughs> if that person is listening. Uh, yeah, it was in the works. If you have a topic you want to hear about, let me know. I think I'm due for a less polarizing episode soon, maybe like a little Q&A, some topics that I'm frequently asked about because episodes like this, like I said, they're nerve wracking, a little bit mentally taxing to not know how things are going to be perceived. The internet's a scary place. Those that listen, I appreciate you for being here so much. This podcast with a friend, share that you're listening on Instagram. It helps get the word out there. Help me keep having time to record these. Again, go check out Joni.com for your organic period care needs and you can use code Meadow, M-E-D-O-W for 10% off. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at VicSauce. And until next time.